Do you make podcasts, video courses, or other content? Well, that means you need your own engaging website and mobile app for everything you make. And Superpass can help. Turn your followers into superfans and paid customers. Elevate your brand with your own stunning website and mobile app. And with Superpass, it's never been easier. Superpass is the most powerful content app maker on the market. And now you can try it for free. Or like me, you can be on one of their other plans. Enter code LOOKINGFORWARD, all one word, all caps, LOOKINGFORWARD, and get a 10% lifetime discount on any of their plans. Go to superpass.com. That's super with an A. Superpass.com. Do you make podcasts, video courses, or other content? Well, that means you need your own engaging website and mobile app for everything you make. And Superpass can help. Turn your followers into superfans and paid customers. Elevate your brand with your own stunning website and mobile app. And with Superpass, it's never been easier. Superpass is the most powerful content app maker on the market. And now you can try it for free. Or like me, you can be on one of their other plans. Enter code LOOKINGFORWARD, all one word, all caps, LOOKINGFORWARD, and get a 10% lifetime discount on any of their plans. Go to superpass.com. That's super with an A, superpass.com. A lot of people are really looking for something either to supplement their income as a side gig or looking for a way to work from home and have more flexibility and be more of an entrepreneurial consulting role. So grant writing and really a lot of areas around nonprofit support lend themselves well to that. Some of my clients are smaller and have smaller budgets. They can't afford to hire a full-time grant writer or communications director or social media person, but they can outsource to someone who is an expert in that area. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. If that describes you, then this is the podcast for you. If you're a freelancer, a startup or small business, a well-established company, a nonprofit, or even someone thinking about a second or possibly a third career, this is for you too. You see, here in Looking Forward, we focus on global trends in the future but most importantly, on the opportunities they're creating. Our guest experts will not only tell you about those opportunities, they will also give you some tips to help you take the first steps toward capitalizing on them. I'm your host, Jeff Ostroff. Hi, everyone. Did you know that billions and billions of dollars in grant monies are awarded every year around the world? And did you also know that with these grants come a huge number of opportunities for people involved in funding grants or implementing them? My guest expert, Teresa Huff, speaks about these opportunities and much more on this episode. To learn more about Teresa, listen to the episode and check the show notes. Now, before we get started, I want to say a few words about our sponsor, Superpass. Do you make podcasts, video courses? Or other content? Well, that means you need your own engaging website and mobile app for everything you make. And Superpass can help. Turn your followers into superfans and paid customers. 
Elevate your brand with your own stunning website and mobile app. And with Superpass, it's never been easier. Superpass is the most powerful content app maker on the market. And now you can try it for free. Or like me, you can be on one of their other plans. Enter code looking forward, all one word, all caps, looking forward, and get a 10% lifetime discount on any of their plans. Go to superpass.com. That's super with an A, superpass.com. And hey, if you want us to mention your organization on the show, please contact us for more details. Okay, let's get started. Hi, Teresa. Welcome to Looking Forward, opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. Thank you. It's great to finally connect and get to sit down and visit with you. It sure is. And I love having people on who are from a different part of the world than I am. In your case, you're in the same country, but you're in the Midwest and I'm in the East and you're from Missouri. And as I was mentioning before we actually started the program, I've only been there three times. So there's a lot that I need to know about Missouri, but we're not talking about Missouri today. You are an expert on grant writing, Teresa. And I like to have my guest experts start out by telling our listeners when and why they got involved in whatever they're doing. So how did you get involved in grant writing and why? That's a good question. I didn't mean to. It (laughs) happened a little bit by accident, but that was about 20 years ago. I used to be a special education teacher. And when our daughter came along, I wanted a way to stay at home with her but still use my education degrees, work from home, help supplement our income, and do something somewhat meaningful in the community. So I was looking for different ways to do that. I had always enjoyed writing. And back then, Google was not a thing yet. (laughs) So I couldn't just look up online how to be a grant writer. But I heard of a lady who lived nearby that did grant writing. So I called and asked if she would meet for coffee. And we visited and she, by the end of our conversation, said, I'm looking to add a couple people to my team if you'd be interested. So I jumped at the chance, worked with her for a couple of years, and she was a wonderful mentor, brilliant grant writer, and I learned so much. And then when we moved away, I branched out on my own and started consulting and it went from there. And then over time, I realized some of the mistakes and things I wish I'd known in the beginning could have been (laughs) prevented or I could have done a little differently. So that's where I decided to take my teaching background and put that into more courses to help nonprofits and grant writers. And now I work with nonprofits more on their grant strategy as opposed to grant writing and thinking through a better approach, a more strategic approach to be more competitive, but more successful long-term with their grant writing to use their efforts more effectively. Isn't that interesting? So you originally learned about the craft from somebody else. And here you are at a point now, 20 years later, where you're helping people better understand how to do the craft as well. Quick follow-up question to that. This may be obvious and we may touch on it later, Teresa. Does one have to be a really good writer to excel at grant writing? It seems obvious, but I don't know how great a writer one has to be. It's helpful. It's probably just as helpful if you don't hate writing, (laughs) if you can at least tolerate and somewhat enjoy writing. But I would say even 
with today's tools and some of the access that we have to technology, you don't have to be a brilliant writer. You just need to be more of a strategic thinker to understand how to help a client define their program very well in a clear way, how to figure out what do we want to work on for the next 12 months? What can we apply for that's going to resonate with the grant maker and what they're looking to do in the community? So it's more of also being a strategic thinker, being able to juggle a lot of moving parts, to collect the kinds of information you need and frame that in a way that's going to be clear, concise, and compelling to resonate with potential funders. Okay, so there's also an analytical component, a strategic thinking aspect to it. We'll get into this probably later on too when we talk about tips that you might share. This podcast, as you know, Teresa, is a globally oriented podcast. I never want to assume that people from around the world understand some of the terminology that we're using. In this case, we're talking about grant writing. Can you give everybody a concise definition of what that is, realizing that some people may already know what it is? I'm glad you asked because I've done it so long that... It's obvious to me and I forget that <laughs> some people just truly don't know or don't understand. It is a way to get funding, but usually grants are a competitive process similar to a scholarship process where the funder, whether it's a foundation, the government, a corporation, will offer this competitive funding and they will put out a request for proposals or request for application. And there will be either a form or a list of questions that you have to fill out and also including other documentation, paperwork like your budget, your proof of being a nonprofit. And so compiling those materials together in a way that is strategic and to your point earlier, it is a mix of an art and a science. So understanding when to pull in that creativity, but when to follow exactly what they've asked for. If they want 12-point times New Roman font, <laughs> you do it exactly like they say so that your application doesn't get rejected right off the bat. So they go through this process. They usually have a deadline for the applications, again, much like a scholarship process. They review those, they score them, and then they select the applications that will be funded. And then once they're funded, that nonprofit or the organization is responsible for using the funds and implementing the project as they had outlined in the application. And usually there's follow-up reporting requirements and some accountability there to show, yes, we use the funds as we had said and as you approved. Okay, that's really helpful as a baseline. If you could clarify something else, Teresa, who are the kinds of players that get involved in the grant giving or grant writing world. Obviously, there are grant writers, but you mentioned corporations, foundations, nonprofits. Who are the players in this arena? Usually, there could be several types of players. So there are foundations that could be a private foundation, a family foundation, community foundations. There are different types, but they usually have a collective fund where they have designated some of it to be given as grant awards. Corporations often have a philanthropic arm of their company, so they may also have the competitive process for grant awards. And then, of course, government grants, and that could be at any level. It could be local, state, federal. 
And then those are much more rigorous with a lot of requirements. And the application process is a lot more intense compared to your typical foundation grants. And foundations can be anywhere from very small local to large national or international types of foundations. So there really is a wide range, which is also encouraging because there's a huge range of nonprofits. And so rather than thinking, oh, there's so many out there, where do I even start? You're only looking for those funders, those grant makers that are the best fit with your mission, looking for those that align because each grant maker has their own mission as well. They're looking to do certain types of work in the community. For example, the Best Buy Foundation is very focused on technology, especially in students and K through 12 or maybe high school students. So their grants are going to be focused on that. If you have a dog shelter or an animal shelter, that's probably not a good fit for that particular grant. But you are looking for those that are in really good alignment with the type of work you're doing. And those are the ones you want to start building a relationship with to help foster that funding, but also get to know the people. I always say there's a person on the other side of everything you write, of every grant application, every email, everything we do. So get to know the person and let them get to know you and your work and see how we can help each other to maximize both our missions. Very helpful. As you know, Teresa, looking forward is in part about trends. What trends are you seeing right now that are taking place in the field that you're involved with? And that would include grant writing, that would include the grant makers themselves, and the nonprofits who are hopefully the beneficiaries, the recipients of the grants. Sure. The most emerging trend right now for pretty much everyone, especially in the writing space, is the emergence of AI tools. And how is that going to affect our writing, the processes? At first, a lot of people were afraid AI was going to do away with the need for writers, but it's actually quite the opposite. So that is a large trend that has come up. And again, looking at what AI can replace and make more efficient compared to what can only people do and how can only people build those relationships and build that trust with all those communities and the agencies you mentioned. Anything else in the way of trends that you (laughs) see happening in, in the world that you're functioning in? Yes. During the pandemic, there was a big shift in the processes of grant making more emergency grants or more quick grant cycles and getting funding out more quickly to nonprofits, partly because of just the nature of how things were and the need for funding just to keep the doors open. And so now that has settled down and leveled out a little bit, I'm seeing some of those requirements go back into place to be a little more stringent But I'm hoping funders will come to sort of a middle ground between not being so many requirements that nonprofits have to spend time jumping through a lot of hoops, but also knowing that there has to be some accountability and defining parameters for who to award grants to. So that's another trend that I think will be interesting to watch over time to see that level out. Okay. Do you have any idea, Teresa, as to whether or not the volume of grants is growing 
the funding dollars are growing. You mentioned COVID. Has that had an impact? Yes, COVID, of course, that did have an impact. And that will be something interesting to watch. Some segments of giving have gone down. And then other segments, such as monthly recurring donations to nonprofits, have gone up a little bit. So that will be something to watch the trends over time. There are still a lot of grants available, but the competition is pretty fierce. And so that's where, again, that strategic piece of understanding what are the best fit grants for us as a nonprofit? Where can we build the relationships with funders instead of treating it as a transaction or an ATM machine? That's where it's going to become critical to really get to know the people on the other side of each desk. I can see that. Is the competition more fierce now than it was when you started 20 years ago? I would say it could be because the number of nonprofits are growing, although the number of resources and tools are growing equally as well alongside. And so just the research ability, the ability to find those off-the-radar foundations that might be a really good fit, the tools we have available now to do that are so much more robust than what we had 20 years ago. Good to know. Looking Forward is globally focused, as you know. Looked at it maybe at a macro level. Are there differences between what's happening with grant writing and the grant makers and the nonprofits in the United States versus in other parts of the world? This varies somewhat from one grant maker to another because some are focused on U.S. and then some are more of an international focus. And so really, again, finding those that are focused in the sphere that you are working in is important because some really want to help some urgent, critical issues overseas in certain countries in Africa or in Southeast Asia or wherever. And so really finding those and aligning with those is important. And then others really just want to stay focused in the U.S. And also some really want to help support emergent needs, like say a food pantry that needs to supply food each month compared to maybe helping build a program and design, say, a job training program that's going to help build capacity and economic development. So understanding each grant maker and their priorities is important as well, regardless of what area of the world they're working in. For example, one of my clients is doing some work overseas. They have found a family foundation in Switzerland that is really aligned with the work they're doing. And they have supported a specific building project initiative that they're working on located in Israel. So even though they're not in the same country, they are very much aligned in their mission. So it's working well as a partnership to help grow that specific project. Good example. It points out that we're talking about funding for different nonprofits coming through these grant makers happening all over the world, really. It's not just something that happens in North America, correct? Exactly. Yes. And it supports projects all over. And typically what I see is a lot of partnerships, like maybe a, a nonprofit is located overseas and often they are able to partner with either other organizations or other nonprofits in different countries to collaborate and pool their resources to 
build an even stronger resource network. Good to know. Do you make podcasts, video courses, or other content? Well, that means you need your own engaging website and mobile app for everything you make. And Superpass can help. Turn your followers into superfans and paid customers. Elevate your brand with your own stunning website and mobile app. And with Superpass, it's never been easier. Superpass is the most powerful content app maker on the market. And now you can try it for free. Or like me, you can be on one of their other plans. Enter code LOOKINGFORWARD, all one word, all caps, LOOKINGFORWARD, and get a 10% lifetime discount on any of their plans. Go to superpass.com. That's super with an A, superpass.com. I really hope you're enjoying this episode so far. If you are, can you please do me a small favor? Let some of your family members, friends, or others in your network know about it and about looking forward opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. And hey, if you happen to like this podcast, my interviewing approach, or maybe even my voice, please consider checking out some of the many services my business provides. These include podcast hosting, creation and consulting, voiceovers, professional interviewing, production of audio or video profiles to help you sell your business, promote your services, increase your customers, or raise funding, and services to help you market to the large and growing seniors population. That's something I've actually written a book about. To learn more, please visit www.jeff-ostroff.com. You can also email me at jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Now let's get back to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Teresa, our primary focus on looking forward is, of course, on opportunities. We're talking about, in essence, three different components when we're talking about the whole grant world. We're talking about those who write the grants, which is how you got started, and consultants, which falls into that, which you're doing. We're talking about the nonprofits that are the beneficiaries of monies that hopefully come because of a good proposal that's been written by the grant writer. And then we're talking about those organizations, the grant makers who have the funds and put these right. opportunities out there. So if you take a look at the people that we are focused on, job and career seekers, entrepreneurs, freelancers, businesses or investors, where do you see opportunities now, Teresa? There are actually a lot with the job seekers. I know a lot of people are really looking for something either to supplement their income as a side gig or looking for a way to work from home and have more flexibility and be more of an entrepreneurial consulting role. So grant writing and really a lot of areas around nonprofit support lend themselves well to that. Some of my clients are smaller and have smaller budgets. They can't afford to hire a full-time grant writer or communications director or social media person, but they can outsource to someone who is an expert in that area. And once they get their core mission and strategies and programs defined, those people can help expand and maximize their messaging. So really for someone who's experienced in a lot of those areas, the skill sets transfer well to the nonprofit world. With my special education background, 
I didn't realize how much of that would be incredibly useful with grant writing, the research, the setting goals, the writing good programs and explaining it clearly, sometimes in a very tight space constraint. Skill sets often transfer. And I talk to so many people that have a heart to serve nonprofits and say, I'd really love to help and be a part of something meaningful. I just don't have the background. But when we dig in, we realize, wait, you're really good at all these things. A nonprofit could tremendously benefit from that skill set. So there's a huge opportunity there to take some of these skills from other sectors, the business world, education, digital marketing, all those pieces, and apply those to nonprofits to really help them maximize the work on their missions. And then that way, their current staff can focus more on the mission instead of all these other weeds that they're not experienced with. Bookkeeping, accounting, all so many areas. Now, there are, it sounds like, opportunities for individuals who might work independently, as you have been doing, but perhaps they might work on the staff of nonprofits. And then again, maybe there could be opportunities for people who work for the organizations that provide the funds. Yes. So there really could be really a full sector opportunity there. So it could be in the consulting grant writing opportunities. It could be working for a nonprofit. And some people want to work for the nonprofit on staff. And that's a wonderful way to go too. And larger nonprofits have huge staff, like Habitat for Humanity or Samaritan's Purse or Charity Navigator. Some of those have vast amounts of staff because they are so large. And then you may have a small local nonprofit that's all volunteer or maybe has one or two staff and that's it. So there are a lot of opportunities of every size in between. And then on the foundation side of things, they also certainly have staff members. There's one in particular I've worked with, the Skaggs Foundation in Branson, Missouri. They have a board that reads through the applications, monitors the projects, and determines those. But they have a point person who manages the process. She doesn't make the decisions, but she coordinates the applications. She communicates with the applicants, with those who have been funded. She lets us know, here are the reports, here's when they're due, here's the information we need. She's our go-to person with any questions or requirements that we need to meet. So certainly opportunities all around. And at any of those positions, a really great way to learn more about the process is to become a grant reviewer. Sometimes that's volunteer and sometimes it's paid, but to actually work for either the government or a foundation on their committee that reviews and screens and scores the applications that come through. And that gives a whole different perspective of good grant writing and understanding what foundations are looking for. Yeah, lots of opportunities. You alluded to briefly there, Teresa, entrepreneurs, which would be more people like you who are working independently, I would think, and doing this sort of thing. Are there any business opportunities? What I mean by that is, do you see any small businesses or maybe medium-sized businesses who have firms like consulting firms that are helping these nonprofits get the money? Yes, definitely. One that immediately comes to mind is Sean Hale of Philanthroforce. He has also a consulting company where he does back-end HR, accounting, helps 
nonprofits set up some of their processes to make sure they're protected, good policies in place so that something doesn't happen and then they are exposed in a problematic way. He makes sure the paperwork, all those records are in order. And then he also had co-founded Philanthroforce, which is a platform for entrepreneurs to match up with nonprofits for potential job-seeking or consulting opportunities. Great to know about. The other reason why this program is called Looking Forward is looking into the future. We're looking forward. We're looking forward in a positive way. That's the opportunities. We're looking forward to opportunities, but we're also looking forward in the sense of we're looking into the future. Since you have a far better knowledge base than I do, and probably just about all of our listeners do, about what the future might look like just through this decade in the world of grants, which includes all those things we've talked about. What do you think might happen? Do you think things are going to stay where they are throughout the rest of this decade? Do you see some meaningful changes? And if so, what might they be? I am seeing some changes. One is, of course, with AI and the technology usage. That is a critical piece that if we learn to maximize it well, it can make our work more efficient and help us focus on the higher level pieces. And it really will help support nonprofits that learn to use it wisely. The other piece that I'm hoping becomes more and more prevalent is nonprofit foundations and donors and supporters understanding the need to also support operations and capacity and sustainability for a nonprofit as opposed to thinking, oh, we only want to support programs. We don't want to support your overhead. But really, they often go hand in hand because for some nonprofits, the overhead is the program. Their staff are the therapists providing the service and those salaries are the core of the nonprofit's work. So helping people understand it's all a part of helping support those missions and fulfill the missions. And they need funding for every aspect of that, trusting the nonprofit to do that well and to have the capacity to do that is going to be critical. Do you see demand for the kinds of expertise that you talked about, the jobs, the entrepreneurial opportunities and so forth? Yes. Is that going to grow? Is it going to pretty much be stable or could it possibly even shrink? I think it's growing. I do see a demand. I see a lot of scams, sadly. And so I see a demand for people who truly have a heart for nonprofits to bring in their skill sets and help those nonprofits grow and fulfill their work. So there's definitely a demand for good-hearted people to, to do good work in the world and to apply those skills in a way that the nonprofits can't on their own. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with the phrase good-hearted people and a demand for those people. Yeah, and it's nice mm -hmm. to think that there might be an increased opportunity in the way of jobs, careers, entrepreneurial opportunities, businesses that help promote good deeds and good work and the good people that do those things. We yes. not only like to tell our listeners about opportunities, a very important component of looking forward, Teresa, is making sure that they have a few tips to get them going on their way. People oftentimes wonder, okay, 
how do I get started? Where are the resources? Help me. In your case, you focus a lot on people who would do grant writing. But in this case, going back to what you said earlier about the opportunities, if you could think perhaps in a slightly broader way about some tips for people. Sure. And I'm glad you asked because that is the number one question I hear is where do I start? (laughs) Or from a nonprofit, where do we start with this? And it's really twofold. It's an inward and an outward process. I recommend first looking inward. What are your skill sets? What lights you up? What kind of causes really just get you that you could get excited to wake up every day and go to work helping that cause? So understanding that then helps you know what you bring to the table because you're not starting from scratch. You're starting with a lot of experience that can be really valuable. So first do an inventory of those. And then secondly, look outward. I recommend then taking that knowledge, looking at what's in your community, what's in your network. Who do you know? Who could you get to know? Who could you get in front of and have those conversations with to say, hey, I really love the work you're doing. I'd love to hear more. How can I help? And asking questions instead of telling a nonprofit, oh, you should just get a grant for that. You need a new building. You should, I heard there's grant money. You should just get grants. Instead saying, how can I help you this week? What keeps you up at night about this work? What problem are you trying to solve? And asking better questions. And then that will give you clues that also help you understand how you can plug in. So figuring out who's in your community and what are those openings that only you could fill, gaps that you could help step into and getting to know those people that can connect with you and recommend where you might be able to be a valuable benefit to the organizations. Okay, and just to follow up on that, are there any online resources that people can use? Say somebody says, you know what, I want to work in food. Well, is there a way I can sort through the nonprofits and the foundations? That's one thing. And is there a way for me to identify what grants are being offered out there? Are there tools for that? It used to be they'd be in books. Yes. <laughs> I remember, I remember books. And you could only go to the library and use it there because they exactly. were in the resource. Yes. Thankfully, there are some wonderful tools now. For jobs with nonprofits, you can look up places like the Nonprofit Alliance. They have a job board that they keep updated or other specific nonprofit organizations that compile those opportunities. I mentioned Philanthroforce. And then as far as on the other side, Impala.digital is a fairly new platform, but it's very robust. And they are compiling data on both the nonprofits themselves and the foundations. So they have some really good ecosystems and tools to research. And then you can find similar funders to reverse engineer. Okay, they've given to this kind of cause. Now let's see which ones would be a good fit because we have a similar cause and matching those up. Instrumental, GrantStation, tools like that are really good. The Foundation Center has a good database of grants and research. And often, if you go to your public library, you can access that for free. So lots of good tools out there now, unlike when I started 20 years ago. (laughs) Yes, and unlike what I remember. Teresa, this has been really good, really helpful information. 
there's a lot to be positive about in terms of not only the work that's being done here by different nonprofits, but also the opportunities that it's offering for people. And as you're pointing out, not just today, but at least throughout the decade, how can people find out more about you, your podcast, your services, and whatever else you'd like them to know about? Sure. Well, my website is just my name, TeresaHuff.com. And that links to my podcast, which is Grant Writing Simplify. That's on all the podcast players, on YouTube. It's pretty much out there if you search for Grant Writing Simplify. And then the TEDx talk is also on YouTube. And I recommend watching that. So yeah, I've got some exciting resources coming up. I'm working on a book based on the TEDx talk. So be watching for that. Wow. Some other tools. I really want to support nonprofits and for grant writers, answering a lot of those questions I wish I had known starting out and things that I think help shorten the gap a lot to be more effective much more quickly. Sounds like a lot of exciting things that are on your plate these days. And I want to add and let everybody know that we will put in the show notes the names of these different organizations that Teresa mentioned during the episode, some of which you may not know the spelling of because I don't necessarily know the spelling of. Teresa, again, appreciate so much your taking the time to share your expertise with us on looking forward opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. I hope you've enjoyed it and will benefit from it. And if you did like it, please share this episode with anyone you know who you think might also find it of value. And if you have any comments or questions about Looking Forward or any suggestions for future topics or guest experts, you can reach me at the website www.jeff-ostroff.com or through my email address jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Thanks.